Yes, indeed. It is game day. NFL kickoff is here. Thursday night football between the Bills and the Rams. I got a special guest with today, man. TJ Horgan with Fantasy Pros in Madden. We're going to cover Madden, but we're going to talk all about this week one. It's here. Football is back, baby. You couldn't be more excited. It's game day. So we're talking about the injuries. Some of the injuries have kind of come up for week one. We're going to talk about the Thursday night game, of course. And then we're also going to get in a start sit, drop some players, kind of go back and forth on if we should start them or not, and talk about our favorite week one storylines. Y'all know what it is. This is Justin Henry Show, baby. watching the Justin Henry show on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Make sure you follow on all social media platforms. TJ, my guy, what is good, bro? Justin, man, it's all good. I love your Reds hat. I am a, both of us, neither of us are Cincinnati Reds fans, but I always would rock the Reds hat. I just think it is such a crisp look and they're never a threat to win anything. So I don't have to worry about switching allegiances either. Right. It's not like it's like a Yankees hat or a Lakers hat or anything. It's just, hey, this is a dope-ass hat. I like it. Still got the sticker on it and everything, man. The colors, too, like with the red top. It's fire, so, bro. It's so clean. It's maybe my favorite hat in baseball. You know, I actually have another hat, uh, my Bengals hat. I really like it. They're both Cincinnati teams, and everybody thinks I'm a bandwagon Bengals fan. I just like it how it has the orange and the black with the B on it, bro. Just Sometimes a crisp hat does it all. Agreed. Man, but let's get into it, bro. Obviously, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. And, and let's talk it up, man. We got a lot in store today. Obviously, we could talk about real football. We're going to talk about some video game football. But let's talk about fantasy football to begin. There's been a lot of injuries that have come up over this week. I want you to drop if you're concerned or not. If, you, if, you're, if you're thinking it's a problem for a long-term, short-term, just quick thoughts on the player's injury. I got about eight players here. Uh, first one I want to talk about is Matthew Stafford. He's been dealing with an elbow over the course of this offseason, and there was some concern that it might be a lingering issue for him. Heading into week one, he said that he's 100% now. Matt Stafford has come out and said, I'm good to go. Felt the best that I've ever felt. Don't know if I believe him. What's your thoughts on Matt Stafford, short-term, long-term? How you feeling? Didn't he say, I could be wrong, but didn't he come out and say like he was playing with an injury last year too? And I feel like he was getting clobbered when he was with the Lions. So at this point, if Matthew Stafford takes the field, like unless we see with our eyes tonight, like he's like limping or like he, specifically with the elbow, you look at it, you're like, he can't throw the football. Like unless you come out and see him struggle clearly because of an injury, I'm not worried about Matthew Stafford whatsoever if he's on the field. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that dude play with the shoulder when he was dropping his shoulder in Detroit. And like you said, he was playing with the injury last year. He got a P, uh, what is it, PRP shot in the elbow, so the plasma, whatever it is. Uh, he got that in his elbow, so hopefully he's good to go. I'm not too worried. I'd only be worried tonight if I saw him and he's out there, like, constantly grimacing or grabbing at his elbow. I don't think we see that at Stafford. I think we see him ball out tonight. Next up is Michael Thomas, who Jameis Winston is very excited about him. I wish I had the clip to throw up, but he's very excited about getting him back. Michael Thomas looks to be ready to go for week one. Are you concerned about him being injured at all? Well, I'm good for nothing if it's not holding a good grudge. So I'm not a big Michael Thomas guy, admittedly, as a Falcons fan. Oh, God, I uh, forgot. But if, but, if, but if I were not a Falcons fan, I would probably be very excited about Michael Thomas uh, and what he can do with Jameis Winston. Assume Jameis is going to come out and throw the ball approximately 4,000 times a game like he did in his prime. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I like Michael Thomas this week. I'm not I'm not too concerned about him, but I do want to see him on the field. I, I'm not expecting him to be that elite guy early on. I think he's going to need a couple games to get in, but I think he'll be just fine. I guess, I guess we'll uh, we can get to it and start sit, but I don't like him this week. I like a macro, but I'm not on Michael Thomas this week. Why is that? A AJ Terrell. Uh, it, I think if it's AJ Terrell, arguably the best corner in the NFL, versus Michael Thomas, who hasn't played in two years, I think that's a blanket. I don't. I'm not, and I don't think he's going to follow him around. But even if he doesn't follow him around, you still have he's coming off the injury. I don't. I don't think this is going to be all that high scoring of a game. I just really? don't see much upside in Thomas this week. Yeah, there's, you know, with the coverage that's going to be there, but then also just kind of getting back into reps. It's been two years since he's played football, so we got or a year and a half. We have to see him on the field, and sometimes that's half the battle is just winning, getting on the football field, getting through a full game without any injuries. And he's had some nagging injuries over the years, so I hope you're, I hope you're wrong because I got Michael Thomas on my fantasy team. I will say though, the Falcons' starting slot corner Isaiah Oliver's on the pup, I believe. So they're going to be running a backup slot corner. I don't know if they're going to go Mike Ford or Darren Hall, but whoever's playing in the slot for the Saints will probably have some good looks because they'll be against a backup. We're talking about Jarvis? We're talking about Jarvis? Jarvis Landry? I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like. We haven't seen this team yet, so I don't know who's going to be playing in the slot mostly. Yeah, I think Jarvis could have a good day. I was kind of banking on him and uh, Chris Olave to step up as well. So that that game in itself is going to be interesting. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. Saints and Falcons, I got to get your take on that before you go. Yeah. Uh, another NFC South uh, player, receiver actually, Chris Godwin, has shed mm-hmm. his knee brace, but there's been talks that he might be slow to open up the year. Obviously coming back from ACL week 15, week 16, whenever it was. That's a quick turnaround to be playing in games without a brace. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chris Godwin's injury? Dude, I am so far off of every single player on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, man. I, the offensive line is decimated. Tom Brady, what the heck is going on with him? Magical disappearing act. Like I, they got a million and a half running backs, dude. I, I am so, I don't think I have a share of a Bucks player this year. And, and so, but specifically relating to Godwin, no, I would not start. Like, I wouldn't, if he plays, I guess you kind of have to start him because you drafted him pretty high. Right. But, I mean, I'm looking for another option. Yeah, you saw all the offensive line injuries, but Julio's there now. Russell Gage is there. Godwin's there. Mike Evans is always my guy. Mike Evans. is. Do you feel like the offensive line injuries are going to be too much to overcome for this team? It's a good question. That's the that's the magic question. I mean, if there's a team that can overcome it, it's probably this Bucks team. They have a good defense. They have really good receivers. Obviously, Brady's the quarterback. Yeah. But I, I'm just I, and I'm, I'm not even wishing this because I'm not a Brady or Bucks fan. I'm just envisioning this sad season where Brady's just getting clobbered by the opposing <laughs> team, and the Bucks just are not as good as the juggernaut everyone predicts them to be. Uh, I hope you're wrong on that because I do got a couple Tampa Bay shares as well. Okay, I, all right. I expect them to do well. You know, I know that might be the division talking there since you're a Falcons fan. So I'm going <laughs> to let it slide. I'm going to let it slide. Let's switch divisions and get to somebody else. Chase Edmonds uh, has come up with a groin injury. How are you feeling about that for week one? Because he was expected to take on a pretty big role this year. He's a guy who I feel like I always love looking at the momentum tracks of players with how people talk about them and when they generate hype. I feel like Edmonds was a guy whose hype train kind of took off over the last two weeks. 
Like we didn't hear much about him, but nothing really changed in, in Miami other than Sony Michelle getting cut. And yeah. all of a sudden, I feel like the Chase Edmonds hype train over the last week has just taken off. And I'm like, part of me is like, I get it because he's – I know – I remember you were big on him last year in yes, Arizona. Sir. Yes, um, like part of me is like, I get it. Cause he's talented. He can catch passes. But part of me is also like, I think most probably just as good with the rock in his hand. You got Tyreek Hill and Waddle probably going to take a bulk of the big scoring plays. I'm like, I, I don't know what to think about Edmund. So regarding the injury, if he's on the field, I, I would try to wait. You probably got him late enough in the draft where you don't have to start him this this week. But I don't know. I'm interested in your take on Ed- Edmonds this year. Yeah, I think I think Edmonds is in for a big year. When you got Mike McDaniel there for the for the Dolphins, they're talking about running the ball 30 to 35 times a game. To me, that screams value for Chase Edmonds and Mostert. I could see them both splitting between 30 carries and obviously getting rid of Sony Michelle. I know they still got Miles Gaskin, and then they have the other I, – I, losing the other back's name right now. Salvin Ahmed, Salvin right? Ahmed, yes. They have them still there, so they're loaded at running back, but I can still see Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert uh, logging most of the carries there for that team. So I'm excited about Chase Edmonds. I ain't, there's a little pause for concern this week, though. Groin injuries aren't, aren't normally good for backs, so I want to see how uh, the Saturday report. That would be interesting to me. I do like in my drafts, I, I have been taking most or even in 10, 12 team leagues pretty late just because, like you said, Edmonds is banged up. And I think if Edmonds were to leave a week, like Ahmed and, and Gaskin are not very good. Like if, right. if Edmonds or Mostert were to miss a week, I think the other should be in line for like a top 12 running back ranking that week yeah we'll get to Mostert and and Edmonds and start and sit probably well I think that's a good one to kind of just talk about if you're starting them or sitting them this week well I guess we went over Edmonds you might as well clear the air now you starting Mostert if you have him or are you gonna wait a week and see how it plays out no no no, no. I'm not starting I mean if Edmonds is out hell yes yeah if Edmonds is out this week yeah give me all the Raheem Mostert but if Edmonds is not out no no I'm not. There's. I mean, it has to be a pretty deep league for me to be starting Raheem Mostert. That might. That might be a good like DFS play though. Like in, in just kind of a reach in a tournament format, you throw Mostert out there just because we don't know the situation. He could be one of those guys that scores a long ass touchdown. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. Like it wouldn't. It, that's the type of situation with Mike McDaniel and Mostert and Edmonds. It would not surprise me if they both play. But somehow Raheem Mostert takes 18 carries. Good know? point. Good point, man. Well, let's go to another crowded backfield right now, but just for different reasons. J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens. Uh, it's not looking good for him. Lamar's come out and is almost forecasting a later return for Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins has been adamant about returning week one, but it doesn't look very good. They signed Kenyon Drake. Obviously, Mike Davis has been there. Your boy, How Mike you- Davis. Oh, Mike Davis, man. I told you, that was one player, man. I, I, I've had a lot of makes and misses. Like, I've had a lot of good calls. That was my best call last year. Do not take Mike Davis. He was absolute trash for the Falcons. I'm sorry. That might have been call my worst like it call. Is. That might have been my worst call, man. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I'll take my L on that one. But do you think Dobbins, you think Dobbins is, uh, is he healthy? Or is this like, if you have Dobbins, you should be worried. Yeah, yeah, I'm worried if I have J.K. Yeah. Dobbins. I don't. I don't have J.K. Dobbins anywhere. Uh, but, yeah, I'm super worried. I mean, the, the Ravens just scream running back by committee, and whoever is the running back of the running back by committee will be the RB2 behind Lamar in terms of production carries touchdowns. So, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm – I'm, and, and but, but, you know, I get it. Like, you look at it, and it's like, oh, this could be a good spot. 
because they essentially only have Bateman and Mark Andrews to catch passes. So like the RB one could be a good spot, but I'm not taking the bait. I don't know if, if you drafted Dobbins and he pays off, congratulations good yeah. for you, but I'm not taking that. It's tough. That's a, it's a tough because now if he doesn't play week one, two, there's going to be somebody else. If they show out, they earn more carries. Yeah, they just took part of the workload from J.K. Dobbins now, and now when he comes back, the Ravens will be even slower to get him up to full speed if they can get the run game working with any of the other backs that they have. So, if I had Dobbins right now, I would be very concerned. And they love Gus Edwards too. Like I, I'm a big stash Gus Edwards guy on the IR. Yes, if Gus Edwards come comes back and is healthy, he's a lock for 12, 12 carries a game, regardless of who else is on the field. Love, love, love that point, bro. Putting him on your IR, something you don't have to think about. If there's an injury or you have a running back in week four, and now you have somebody coming back in week five, so love that point. I had Kittle and Waddle on here. Are you concerned about any of them before we get to probably the biggest one of the week? Uh, Kittle, yeah, I'm concerned about. I don't have many shares. I don't have many shares about Kittle. Um, many shares of Kittle. He, he I, I've seen you make the point that he is a great tight end, and he's gonna have those weeks where maybe he catches two touchdowns and has 120 yards. But, but I don't know. I just, I'm looking at it. It's, it's a steep price to pay. He's going off the board unanimously as the tight end four, and you're looking at a guy who is often injured, and his honestly his greatest value to the team might be his run blocking. So I think there's a chance he's the best tight end in the NFL, but in terms of fantasy value, it's going to be a lot of boom or bust. And then you mentioned it, just the injury problems. We've seen Kittle be questionable, miss games, just the nature of the position he plays. I'm not too worried about him this week. I think he'll have I think he'll be able to play, be out on the field. It's week one. I don't expect him to miss time, but it, moving forward, if he's already banged up right now, that does bring up some concerns long term. Because he's been really good points per game wise. Top three every season he plays points per game wise. And even he finishes his tight end four most every year. But if the injuries stack up, he's getting older now. If he misses five or six games, which is very probable when it comes to George Kittle, that's where I have a little pause for concern. So you're right to be a little cautious there. And then Waddle, did you say uh, did you say anything on Jalen Waddle? I didn't say anything on Jalen Waddle. No, again, he's a guy who, like, I feel like two weeks ago, all of a sudden Twitter was like, oh, by the way, Jalen Waddle hasn't played football yet and yeah. i'm like wait wait wait, what like what's going yeah. on with waddle so i'm definitely a little worried about that because i remember when mike mcdaniel first got hired by miami the, obviously they didn't have tyreek yet but they were like who's a player who we should watch out for in fantasy and mcdaniel literally was screaming waddle's name to the high heavens so i was like this could be fun to see how they use him but now these like soft tissue injuries for a small dude i'm like i don't know about that yeah it's 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 definitely concerning i got to, i think the arrows are up for tyreek hill in this run game though so if you if you have any part of this run game or tyreek hill i definitely think that they're going to be utilized more i'm not even sure we see waddle on the field if we got to see the reports, but um, to me, there is a lot of concern there. The last player I want to talk about, Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. This kind of came out of nowhere. They're the Malafleur's talking about. They don't. It doesn't sound like he's even going to play. No, like it doesn't. And, and that's Lazard, the concerning like, part. His ADP was was so low. It's like you're looking at it. It's he had stayed low. Like the hype of Rogers wide receiver one. So I was in favor of draft. I have so much Alan Lazard. Yeah. And frankly, it's such it was such a, a a late small investment. I'm not really worried about it. I don't need to start him this week anywhere. But it definitely is a little concerning. It doesn't sound like it's going to be like a prolonged thing. So if he has to miss this week, he has to miss this week. Right. Um, 
you know, I'm excited to see what he does as the quote unquote wide receiver one with Rodgers. But it's a sick joke that the fantasy gods are playing on us that Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb are once again going to have fantasy relevant. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not playing no jokes on you as a fantasy gods. Bro. Oh, yeah, true. The GODS, not Yeah, the real fantasy gods, right? No, but I think Romeo Dubs, obviously, is probably going to be the biggest beneficiary there. And Aaron Jones. Why do you think that? Why do you think Romeo Dubs? I just think the hype is there. Like it's when when I look at the hype, when I look at what he did in the preseason, and if Alan Lazard doesn't play, obviously there's a role there. I don't think they want Sammy Watkins to be the main guy there. He's going to be probably the, a favorite deep target for Alan for Aaron Rodgers. But then I mean I'm not expecting much from Randall Cobb. Christian Watson's not fully ready yet. Robert Tanyan should be should be good as well. I think but Watson it, is what I thought Watson was going to play this week. I mean, ready to go as far as development-wise. Like, oh, he's still a ways away from taking over, and sure. Romeo Dobbs has stepped up in that the spot they thought Christian Watson would be. I think it's going to take a little bit more time for him to develop. So seeing the field a lot more, being on the field, as long as Romeo Dobbs isn't dropping the ball, which there were some problems, obviously, from Aaron Rodgers there, as long as he's catching the ball, I think he's going to play. So that's where I think he'll be the, the biggest beneficiary if Alan Lazard misses times. I like Alan Lazard. I was with you. The draft capital was very low. So um, – when he plays, I, I'm thinking that he's going to be a, one of the better receivers on that team, the best receiver on the team, uh, maybe besides Aaron Jones. So hopefully yeah. we get to see him on the field, man. Yeah, I'm go- I, I got to disagree with you there about Dubs. I, I, Dubs, I wasn't – I'm going nowhere near any of these Packers wide receivers after Lazard just because simply like it, there is a world where Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, and Amari Rogers – all finish the game with three catches like that there's there totally a world where that happens this week. now but with to your point though you mentioned alan lazard you're getting him pick 110 or 105 whatever it was romeo Dobbs, you're getting like after 150 after 150 for potentially a big target in aaron Rodgers. like to me you're just not the it's the price it's the miko hardman for the kansas city chiefs the mvs for the kansas city chiefs it's like if they pop you won and if they don't you're dropping them after yeah, week one, week two. That's, that's totally fair. At this point, it's like not even worth saying don't draft this guy because you're right. They're totally cuttable. I get what you're like, saying. All these guys. Anybody after pick like after round 11 is like yeah. if they don't if they miss, cut them. Pick easy. up somebody else. You know, it's easy. <laughs> yep. Totally agree. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's get in. So we're getting to the start sit here in just a minute. Let's quickly go over uh, Thursday night football, though. We got to talk about it. We got real football here. So let's get this real football out the way so we can get back to these fantasy conversations and these video game conversations. Yeah, man. Thursday night football is here. And uh, we call the section straight up. Straight up, presented by Pickett, where you can get $3 or $100 for free just by downloading the app and linking your sportsbook and using the code JHEN with a 3 instead of an E. I got you all covered. Track your bets on the Pickett app. Tonight, we got a game. Bills, Rams. The line right now is 2.5 for the Bills. Who are you picking and why? Oh, give me, give me the Rams all day plus 2.5, man. This is... We were just talking about the temperature out in California. It's such a small factor because I guess SoFi is kind of inside. But, like, this is the equivalent, I feel like, of the Rams going to Buffalo to play in a snow game. Like, the Bills are in maybe the coldest climate of all of the teams, and they're coming out to play in 110 degrees. Like, this is not going to be an easy game for the Bills. You have all the – West Coast Intel. Yeah, you have all the hullabaloo of the Rams, Super Bowl, like, celebrations and stuff. Like, this isn't going to be an easy game for the Bills by any means. No Tredavious White, of course. Um, 
And, and the public seems to be all over the Bills, which makes me even happier that I'm on the Rams. Yeah, when I see, you know, when I see the public on my side, normally I get a little scared, but I think the Bills win this game and it's not for the reasons that everybody else is saying. I don't think it's necessarily because they're on this revenge tour, that they're the best team in the AFC. I'm not buying all the storyline stuff. I just think that they're going to come out and play a good game against, I think it's going to be a defensive matchup. Like when I think about Van Jefferson not playing this game, I think about Cam Akers being a little banged up. I can just see the Bills getting in a position early on. The Rams have got the Super Bowl celebration that's going to be going on. They're going to be all pumped up. But I just feel like the Bills come out. They handle business 28-20. I don't think that they're the better team. I think they will win this opening game. That's all I'm saying. My best bet, I would say, I've been, I have been. I just posted for uh, Fantasy Pros about this. But I love Dawson Knox over two and a half receptions tonight. It is it is a minus 200 wager, so you're, you're laying down a lot. But in I was looking at his games last year. This is supposed to be a high-scoring game. I think over-under is 52. It is. He played in eight games that scored over 45 points last year. In six of them, he had three or more catches. So with Jalen Ramsey look at locking down one of the receivers at all times, I think Dawson Knox gets an easy three catches here. I'll, that's not a bad bet, and he just got paid too. Dawson Knox got the bag, yeah, so no OJ Howard. He just got paid. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm I love that. I like the under in this game. The under fifty two. I can see both teams having a little bit of first game jitters. You know what I mean? Allen Robinson getting in his role with his new team. Gabe Davis is in a new role for his team. Jalen Ramsey all over Stephon Diggs. Cam Akers banged up the run. Like I could just see Stafford elbows. A lot of drama going on. But the defenses for both of these teams, man, just they're high-level defenses. I could see this being an under. So if I had to make my pick for the week would be the under 52. And who do you think's a better QB? Obviously, there's a lot. You know, Stafford won the uh, won the Super Bowl, had an incredible season last year, for, threw 41 touchdowns last year with a hurt elbow. And Josh Allen, I mean, he's on MVP trajectory, like going to be taking over the league here soon. Who do you think's the better QB? Stafford or Allen, my answer is yes, man. I, I don't, I, I really, <laughs> gun to my head, I, I couldn't pick. You, I, like, obviously the obvious answer is Josh Allen. He's young, he's got this huge arm and he's, and he's fast. But like Stafford's the dude who's been there, still has a good arm, just led a brand new team to win a Super Bowl. Like, how can you say no to that guy, man? Those two, if I were to start a team from scratch and pick a quarterback to for that team of all the quarterbacks, both those guys are probably top five. Yeah. Top, who are your top five QBs? I'm putting like you on if, the spot. If yeah, if I were to like put a team together from scratch to win a Super Bowl today, regardless of age, I'm probably going Mahomes one, Rogers two. Um give me Mahomes one, Rogers two, maybe, maybe Allen three, Stafford four, and like I don't know, Herbert five for Where's my top Brady? five. No, dude, no. If I want to win a Super Bowl tomorrow, don't get you say, spare me the 45-year-old. Whoa, no Brady the GOAT? Spare me the 45-year-old. Oh, my. Like, we're actually had just a conversation about this. I left Josh Allen out of my top five. I have Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, of course. I feel like those three are locks to me. I have Lamar. Over Josh Allen. I had Stafford in yeah. there as well. Lamar to me is is a guy that he's had a winning his a history of winning. To me, Josh Allen, I just I don't see the same with him. So one of those guys is gonna have to show me a little bit more this season, either Lamar or Josh Allen, but it's between them for that last spot, in my opinion. 
Cool. No, I respect that. That's fair. Lamar's probably six for me. Top fives, it's funny because top fives is so like, who's your top five? Who's your top ten? At the end of the day, we fight over greatness. All these dudes is great, man. Dude, I got a funny top five story for you. I'll keep it super brief. But yeah, I was I was talking to so Darrington Evans, Bears practice squad running back. Yeah, running back. Yeah. He so he's a huge Madden guy. So we connected over Madden and we were chatting the other day and he asked me, he goes, Who's your top five running backs in the NFL? I told him, and he gave me his top five, bro. His number five, he goes, you're going to be shocked at who my number five is. He said, in his opinion, which got to respect, he's an NFL running back. He said he believes Tony Pollard is the fifth best running back in the NFL. And I was like, damn. So, like, that really made me think. Like, no, he didn't. He didn't say he Tony. He said Tony Pollard was dude, top five. And the, I'm like, these dudes respect Tony Pollard like that. Like, I'm I'm picking him a lot in fantasy because wow. he, he might have that. He might have it. Dude's electric. But top five? Yeah. Off the top of my head, when I'm thinking just even if he's talking, I don't know if he's talking pure running backs or pass catching, just like No, he just said running backs right now, your top five. There ain't no way in hell Tony Pollard's up there. I mean, you're talking Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Bart. I haven't even gone anywhere yet. Yeah. Dude's no, wild. Those... Hey, Darrington Evans, he wild for saying that. If you're watching the show, Darrington, I'm calling yeah. you out. you wild I'm, for saying that. I'm you got to address that at some point. I'm going to send it to him. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So let's see. Speaking of debates, there's always a debate, a start and sit. So uh, let's get into it, man. Section's called a zero RB. Zero RB presented by Prize Picks. And you can also use the code there, JHEN with the three instead of knee. Get your 100% deposit match up to $100. And Price Picks right now is giving out a free Tom Brady pick. If he throws one yard, you get a free score on that one. So go ahead and get your play with Price Picks this week for week one. And here's the tough decision for everybody start sit who do i start who do i sit it's the, the, the longest question in the book and guess what most of the time you end up picking the wrong person anyway so tj and i are going to go through talk about some players in detail and if you should start them or sit them tj give me a player right now that you think's pretty deba- debatable you're the starting or sitting okay i'll give you a start this week uh i love elijah mitchell against the bears this week The Niners have a whole host of guys who are young coming back from injury. There's all these question marks. Kittle's health. How's Trey Lance going to look? I think the one staple is that Elijah Mitchell is going to carry the ball 20 times. He was easily the best-looking running back for them last year. It was not a debate. Um, There's no rumblings in preseason that someone has overtaken him or that he looks sloppy or anything. They said he was like a little banged up, but he's going to play. So, yeah, I'm loving – I'm starting Elijah Mitchell wherever I have him this week. I love it. I love it. And I think Elijah Mitchell is a good player. I think he's been forgotten with all the TDP hype, the the Jeff Wilson hype, the it's going to be a running back by committee hype. I think early on, you're better to bet on Elijah Mitchell than you are throughout the season. And it's a good opportunity for the Niners because Trey Lance is going to be there. There's going to be some open opportunities in the run game. They're going to have to pick or choose between Lance or the run game. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan has something special planned for this game one to open things up. So I can see Elijah Mitchell having a really good game as well. All right, give give me give me a name now. Start or sit. Start sit. Ramondre Stevenson for the Dol- versus the Dolphins. I feel like a lot. I'm starting Ramondre Stevenson. Um, 
I feel like this matchup is one of those Belichick matchups where he's going to flex kind of who his new guys are. The offense has been struggling. Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, it's looked like a mess. I don't expect the Pats to win this game, but I do expect them to lean on the ground heavily. And there was trade talks with Damian Harris. There's been new James White role talks with Ramondre Stevenson or how he could be a three down back. I think he has a very productive game in the passing game and in the run game. Give me Ramondre Stevenson this week versus the Dolphins in a high scoring matchup. Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, I don't hate it. I, he, I, I like Ramondre Stevenson, the prospect. I liked him coming out. It was in Oklahoma, right? Am I making that up? I, I think he was. Uh, I think you're right. Um, he, I thought he, I thought he was talented last year when he got work on the Pats. I thought he looked talented. It just scares the crap out of me taking any Patriots running back. And I know it's a phrase as old as time, but like, dude, I don't like. Would it shock you if, if Belichick came out and was like, Ah, Pierre Strong, twelve? <laughs> At this point, nothing would shock me. And if I don't think they're scoring a bunch of touchdowns tomorrow, I, yeah. it's a roll of the dice. But you're right. There's totally a chance Ramondre Stevenson comes out and impresses. I think that the Pats will be playing from behind. The little dump-offs. Mac hasn't been hitting very much. In the, uh, we saw the throw into the five corners. So he hasn't been hitting very much downfield. Give me some check downs to, to Ramondre Stevenson in that one. All right, TJ, up next, who you got? Uh, let's go. Should we go with a sit now? Let's go to sit. Let's go to start or sit. This is a start sit show, baby. You can do whatever you want. It's your world. All right. I am sitting. Where's the game here? I'm sitting Aaron Rodgers at Minnesota. Mm, uh, Aaron Rodgers at Minnesota, and it's a sit? Division yeah, game, you think? Big time. With, um, what was it? When it, First of all, Devontae Adams, I think he played one game without him last year, and he had like 180 passing yards. Like, mm. this is going to be in in from what I would predict, which I guess this is not based on much other than roster construction, but I would predict that the Packers are just going to go run heavy, man. Like I, I think I would not be shocked if Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon each carried the ball at least 15 times on Sunday. Um, yes. Aaron Rodgers is a, a talented quarterback. He'll probably have a couple touchdowns, but at least based on my draft strategy, if yeah. I drafted Aaron Rodgers. I also drafted another quarterback. So I'm I'm really taking a look at the two quarterbacks on my roster if I have Rodgers. And I'm I'm really trying to stop like a popular like trade-off would be like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. I'm going Russell Wilson against the Seahawks 10 times out of 10 over Aaron Rodgers. Like yeah. I get it if you need to start him. Trey Lance against the Bears, I would start over Aaron Rodgers against the Vikings. Like I, I think there's quite a few guys who I would start over Aaron Rodgers. Fair enough, fair enough. And I think Aaron Rodgers, especially if Alan Lazard doesn't play, it does become a, a lower ceiling type game than you want to have. And I'm all I think Aaron Rodgers is fine with whoever is there, but to me, the ceiling just isn't the Aaron Rodgers ceiling that we're accustomed to seeing 40 touchdowns and 4,500, 5,000 yards. I, I do see a little bit of regression there, especially early on, and especially if Alan Lazard doesn't play. So that's a I mean, that's a hell of a point right there. Um when I look at when I look at starts as well, or I'll look at I'll look at start. I'm gonna look at a start for me. I look at that Denver Seahawks game and the return of Russell Wilson. You mentioned Russ, but there's a receiver that I really like this game, and it's not Cortland Sutton. I think Jerry Judy has a massive week one. He puts on in a major way. I expect the Seahawks to not let a whole lot get downfield. And Cortland Sutton is known for his downfield ability. I think the Seahawks team knows what Russ wants to do. They know him very well, and that's a lot of deep shots that he has about four or five of them a game where there's a hero check, and, and it either happens or it doesn't. But I expect Jerry Judy to carve it up in that mid, that you know short to intermediate game. 
I see Jerry Judy having a special Monday night football game. Get him in your lineups. Respect, man. I like it. There's been so much talk. I feel like that's been the question of the offseason is Sutton or Judy. And I truthfully don't feel like I, I have an answer yet. I don't have many shares of either of them, but I damn well think Russell Wilson's going to throw the ball a lot. I yes. think he's going to throw the ball well. I think the Broncos are going to win. So that being said, there's definitely room for at least one receiver. So I'm definitely, I'm starting probably Judy and Sutton if I have them. I feel like, yeah, if if I'm being truthful, I think they'll both have good seasons. I could see Sutton having more of the touchdown impact, Judy having more of the yardage or reception impact, and then both being able to crack 1,000 yards. Like, I, I think that's in the realm of possibility. So I'm not saying I'm knocking Cortland Sutton. It's just I really expect Jerry Judy to kind of show out uh, on Monday Night Football. All right, TJ, you're up. Cool. All right, let's go with uh, – let me, let me look at my list here. Let me go with my little cheat sheet. Uh, I will – Day. here i'll go deep league i'll go super deep and and this is just for my folks and i'm in a 20 team league Ooh, uh, 20 how do you like the 20 team league like is 20 team because there's there can't be a lot like on waivers so if you miss in the draft you you're probably shit out of luck right yes correct if you miss in the draft you're screwed and if you uh you know you really get a bonus if you pick a handcuff and that starter goes down so that's a yeah. big part of it uh but I got this guy in my 20-team league. I love him. Mr. Mo Alley-Cox, tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. Yep, against against the Houston Texans. Right now, after Michael Pittman, there's a big question mark in Indianapolis for who's being the number two receiver. And do I think Mo Alley-Cox is going to finish second on the year in targets? Maybe not. But this feels like one of those games where he definitely could finish second on the team in targets. Um, Matt Ryan getting used to his new receivers, both Matt Ryan and Indy love their tight end usage, getting him involved. I definitely see a touchdown in the in the works for him. Uh, big Mo Cox fan this week if you're in a deep league. So that, that anytime touchdown score might be good. I'm sure the number on that's pretty good. Uh, that's a good – I got to go look at that. I'm going to check it while we're talking right now. Let's There's a, yeah, let's look at Mo Cox anytime touchdown score. Matt Ryan traditionally has loved his tight end, and Mo Cox obviously just a player I love to watch. He was a basketball player in college, 6'5". Feels like every time he gets the ball in his hand, he's running three guys over. He's fun to watch. You know, the, one of the things uh, that I was going to say is Paris Campbell has been – a lot of people have been talking up Paris Campbell. And so – when I look at when I look at like Mo Ali Cox and you're saying, you know, potentially having the second or third most in targets, do you believe the hype with Paris Campbell and how Matt Ryan could potentially use him? They you know what I mean? Like I've never yeah. really seen Matt Ryan use a guy like that. I, that's a good question because I actually don't feel like I've seen the Paris Campbell hype. His ADP right now is still undrafted in twelve team leagues. So I haven't really seen the hype, but I get it. He could be Matt Ryan's number two wide receiver. I'm not sold on the Alec Pierce thing yet. He's a rookie. Uh, I I totally get it with Paris Campbell. If you are in a league deep enough where you can snag Campbell, go do it. All right. So I found the prop on Mo Ali Cox. Anytime touchdown plus three hundred. That's a good. That's good. It's like that. Put put like put a put a little uh, Alexander Hamilton on that. Yeah. Come back with thirty bucks when Mo catches the end zone fade. Yeah. Absolutely. Add it to add it to your same game parlay like double. You know what I'm saying? That might be a little a little sprinkle. I'm mad at that one. Mo Ali Cox, a deep league t- anytime touchdown. That would be if he hits that. We got to clip that shit up. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yes, for sure. <laughs> one of my fades this week. Uh, 
in a tough game against uh, a tough game, uh, Amari Cooper. I am mm-hmm. fading Amari Cooper this week. I just I don't see him having a big game uh, against the Panthers. Panthers have an underrated defense. And when I look at Amari Cooper in this situation with Jacoby Brissett, I'm just not sold on him. I'm not sold on it. I think that he'll be a better player with Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to struggle a lot with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. Who we've seen, he, he feeds a tight end, but he don't really use his receivers like that. And it's like the Panthers' defense are just, you know, that's a good defense they got over there. So uh, I'm fading Amari Cooper this week. Agreed, man. I'm fading him the whole season. We've seen enough of Jacoby Brissett to know that he is not going to have a no matter you could most wide receivers like you could put in that situation with Brissett and he's probably not going to turn them into a fantasy wide receiver one Uh, I get you don't need him to be that at his ADP but I'm not very much very excited about Cooper but on the other hand I freaking love Nick Chubb this year man I think he is such a value dude he is oh he is so talented he is a pleasure to watch run with a football in his hand. I've heard so much about I've heard so much about oh if Jacoby's the quarterback you don't want to start Nick Chubb that's just like TikTok thing I've heard people say that how do you feel about that Oh, I, I, I haven't been hearing that at all, actually. I think I, my, <laughs> my girlfriend and her family are all from Cleveland, so I kind of live in a Browns echo chamber, and they are all, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. Like, I swear, yeah. man, he is – this dude is going to be – he's going to have a year. He's a dog, man. Last year I thought – I kind of pegged him last year to have that Derrick Henry-type season, 1,500, 2,000 yards. It wouldn't shock me if it happened this year. Like, no, it wouldn't. He's yeah. going to have one of those seasons. Especially if – the only thing that's preventing it is the fact that Kareem Hunt is still a good NFL running back. Like, it just doesn't make sense for them to, like, sit Kareem Hunt the whole game. But yeah. if Kareem Hunt were to get injured or traded or something, like, Nick Chubb is just the dude. Yeah, I, I love his game, man. All right, if you got any more, do you got any more on deck? Uh, let me see. See if I got any quick ones. Um, yeah, if you do I'm run not- it. Yeah, I'm liking uh, I'm liking Michael Carter this week in a deep league just because, you know, the Brees Hall talk is that's great. But it's week one and you got Joe Flacco. They're probably going to be down. So like passing down guy, Michael Carter, and I'll start Michael Carter. Good point. Good point. And a lot of people are expecting Brees Hall to come in and take the role. I was very high on Brees Hall as well. But we've seen he struggled even in preseason. He he did really struggle uh, to adjust to the NFL game. So I, I could see him breaking that in the first few games. I don't think that it's going to be a long-term thing. But early on, there's some sometimes there's an adjustment for rookies. Not everybody can come in and be Najee Harris or Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Like, for some of these rookies, it takes a little bit of time. So I'm all in on the Brees Hall train later on in the year. I think he'll be very solid and at some point take over this role. But I think this Jets team is trying to win, and Michael Carter is very capable. Totally agreed there. All right, let me give you a a question before we move on to our week one kind of storylines that we're going to talk about. Let's do it. Which Kansas City wide receiver is it? Which is it? Pat Mahomes has come out and said, you know what? It could be any wide receiver any given week. He said sorry to fantasy managers. He said he's apologizing in advance. It's going to be inconsistent. But we know that's probably a lie. Like there's got to be somebody he's favoring outside of Travis Kelsey. Who is it? Who do you got? Plant your flag now. Is it Miko Hardman? Is it Juju Smith-Schuster? Is it Sky Moore? Is it MVS? Plant your flag. I mean, I'm going with ADP right here. I'm on track with the ADP. It's Juju for me. I mean, he's he's had the most proven production of any of those guys. Uh, he can run from all different positions on the field, get mismatches in the slot, wherever. But the bottom line is, 
if a guy's playing a hundred percent of the snaps as a receiver in a Patrick Mahomes offense, I like him. So, yeah. you know, wherever Juju's playing, I think he is most likely to be the dude who plays a hundred percent of snaps as a receiver more than any of these other guys. I think it's going to be Juju and you're going to swap around these other guys. So I like, if you're on the field when Patrick Mahomes is and you're catching passes, I like you. That's that's true. I'm going to go with Meikle, though. I feel like for the value, when we're talking about the straight-up value, I think that he can put up maybe not Juju numbers, but he can put up very good numbers for where you're getting him out outside of the top 150. Shit, in, in some of the leagues, he's probably on waivers. Like, you could probably get him on yeah. waivers in 18, maybe even 10-team leagues. To me, I think that that is a mistake because if one of those guys hits – they're no longer on waivers. If Hardman, uh, Valdez Scantling, if one of those guys hits, that's for the rest of the season. You're never going to be able to get them now without paying a premium price. So uh, to me, Hardman's a guy you want to keep on your bench, and even in shorter leagues. Cool. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. The value there is what is what hits for me. Like Hardman's definitely going after Juju and MVS. Might even be going after Sky Moore Sky in Moore. ADP. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, why not, Hardman? But I think first and foremost – I picked Travis Kel. I have a ton of Travis Kelsey shares. Ditto. Right? Like, especially in a 10-team league where tight ends matter that much more, um, give me Travis Kelsey, man. I think by week six, it's going to look like, oh, wait a minute. Why wasn't this guy a first-round pick again this year? Like, Yeah. it's I I see a very, very big year for Travis Kelsey. And I, if Pat Mahomes is really spreading it out like that, it's going to open up so many things for Kelsey. I can see Kelsey having one of those, like, gronky – 1500 years something like that like 15 touchdowns i could see kelsey having one of those elite elite seasons that he has been doing for years so uh kelsey it is man all right week one storylines we got to talk about them week one storylines uh, obviously we are the talkers we're the media the media right that's what we do for a living we talk about this what's the biggest week one storyline you're paying attention to this week you, I've been waiting all day for this one to tell you, Oh, all day? And I'm sure you're going to be very surprised. Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints in Atlanta. <laughs> um, man, it is two I never thought you would go there. I never in a million years <laughs> I think you'd talk about it the Falcons on this show. Two teams that have just been getting dogged all preseason, man. The Atlanta Falcons slander. Worst roster in the league. Marcus Mariota's a backup. Drake London can't get separation. This team stinks. What's good? Getting dog. And I hate the Saints just as much as anyone else, but they're getting disrespect too, man. Both of these teams are going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. I think this is going to be an incredibly fun dog fight to watch. The vision games are always fun. I feel like the Falcons have not been shown love at all this offseason. But Mariota at quarterback, it just feels like everybody's throwing the Kyle Pitts development out the window. It's like you have some people that are like, he's going to be the best in the game. And you have others who are like, he only had one touchdown last year. He can't be elite. You got others who are saying George Pickens is the best receiver in the class. Chris Olave is the best receiver in the class. Even though Drake London, Drake London out of all of them, I'm just saying, he's got the frame that you want. And there's a, you know, I feel like with the Saints, there has been some love. There's people that are picking them to win the division. There's people that are hoping on Jameis coming back. But with the Falcons, bro, there has been a lot of disrespect. And I think they'll play a lot better than people think. I'm not sure it'll translate to wins. 
But I think it'll translate to competitive games. And I also feel like uh, the Saints are going to blow out the, the Falcons. As I say that, I feel like they're going to blow out the Falcons game one. Sorry to break it to you. We'll see, man. I am very much looking forward to this game. And this is might be my favorite year of Falcon football in recent memory because there are no expectations. Like, I'm not expecting them to win a lot of games. If they get a top three pick, they get a top three pick. That's great. I'm not expecting anything but... I do think they're going to play with chips on their shoulders and surprise a lot of people, man. Dean Pease last year as a defensive coordinator led one of the best Falcons defensive units in since, since the Super Bowl year, man. Dean Pease, it was his first year, and no one talked about that Falcons defense, man, but A.J. Terrell. And then you look at this year, Dean Pease has come out and said, we can finally open up the playbook. It's my second year here. We can finally open up the playbook and let the dogs loose, man. I think Arnold Uh-oh. and McKady out of Penn State, the edge rusher they drafted in the second round, I think because Grady Jarrett is a human double-team eater, <laughs> Katie on the edge is going to get one-on-ones all the time. So I would not be surprised if Katie wins that starting spot. He comes out and has double-digit sacks this year just because Grady Jarrett's getting double-teamed every single snap of every single game. That division's always been like, semi-competitive i think baker coming in there too obviously brady being there but it's it's always been kind of like like you mentioned the town's ready for that new orleans falcons matchup like it's not going to be something that the city takes lightly so that'll be interesting but going from the nfc south to the afc west i'm very very interested in this afc west chiefs obviously lost Tyreek, but they're still the favorites there. The Chargers, the Broncos, and Raiders have all retooled on offense and defense. It's going to be competitive as hell. And I'm trying to figure out who is the team that wins this division. Is it the Chargers, who everybody's hyping up, brought in Khalil Mack. J.C. Jackson is going to be out for week one. Brought in a lot of defensive help. Then we got the Raiders. Bring in Devontae Adams. Josh McDaniels is taking over as coach now. A lot of changes going on there in Vegas. And then obviously Denver, like bringing in Russ is a huge move in that division. We're talking, is there four teams coming out there that make the playoffs? The AFC West to me is a storyline in itself. It's a great, great question. I mean, man, I I think it's still the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes, the best quarterback through five years the NFL's ever seen. I think he is, uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm riding with Mahomes and Reed till Valhalla, man. Like whatever, (laughs) whatever, like I'm, I'm riding with those guys. It's like rocking with Brady and Belichick. It's just some things you cannot fade. No matter how the division looks, you cannot fade those guys. And the pairing is is crazy. And then when I start to think about, like, the Chargers, everybody's putting them in the Super Bowl or Justin Herbert in MVP conversations. And to me, it's a little premature. Like, just because they improved on the defense, it doesn't mean that this team, the coaching, Brandon Staley, doesn't mean that they're not going to be taking chances on fourth downs or that Justin Herbert's figured out how to win elite-level games because we haven't seen him in the playoffs yet. So I want to make sure – I want to see – Justin Herbert develop. I want to see this team play like an elite team before we start crowning them because I think the Denver Broncos are actually ahead of the Chargers, in my opinion. I don't, hey, I think that's a fair take. I don't disagree with you on that, man. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a totally fair take. For sure, for sure. Well, we got to do it. You're here. We got to talk about Madden, bro. Oh, so Madden, man, I've been a Madden fan since 98. I've been playing Madden for a very long time. Love it. Before I get into my Madden spiel, I want to hear your take on this year's Madden as somebody who's associated with the brand. I don't want to hear the PC. I want to hear your 
the player, the game, video game player version of Madden. How do you feel about Madden this year? You want to get me unfiltered. Well, I, I wish I, I wish I could give you a spicier take. Uh, I think field sense passing is really good for the game. I think when you combine field sense passing, which is the next gen kind of uh, ball placement ability the quarterback has, I think when you combine that with a stout defensive Madden year, I was watching last night the uh, MCS Madden Championship Series Ultimate Kickoff event, the first major for Madden every year. So you had a guy like Henry, who's the best Madden player in the world right now, out there playing, and it was just it was you fun. Said Henry, like Henry, like my last name. So. Yes, like your last name. There he is, Henry. Yes, sir. It's me. You know, what I'm saying? Yeah. it's me. It's me. <laughs> it's the Henry fan. Um, the but it's a it's the the announcers we're talking about how defensive of a game it is this year. It's like a total 180 from last year. Yeah. Uh, so I'm liking, I'm liking the defensive nature of it. It's, it's really tough to move the ball this year. Now I have only played on the PS4 version. So maybe this, take this comment with a grain of salt, if you may, this is my take on Madden. I've been playing Madden for a very long time. And I used to have a lot of fun playing Madden Back in the early 2000s when Vic was on the cover, Ray Lewis was on the cover. Uh, shit, I even liked the, ver the version with the vision cone. A lot of people didn't like that. I love that version with the vision cone. And then it tailed off. It tailed off in the, the early 10s. It kind of felt like Madden wasn't there. And then they brought it back mid-2000s. It felt like the game was getting better. And since then, it's been kind of stale. And I was expecting a major overhaul this year with the field sense. The PS4 version doesn't have that, so I can't, I can't knock it too much. But it feels like I'm starting to be that guy. It sure. could be because I'm old, but it's starting to feel like the same game. What, what, what changed? Would you, what would you put in? I'm curious because because that's something I've heard too. What would you add to the game or change about the game? I think for me, it's tough to replicate, and it's the same thing I would say about like an NBA 2K. At some point, it gets tough to replicate like real life and without having just you know automatic movements in there and predetermined motions in there sometimes it is tough but i would say the one thing is is that like the ball floating to me i've still that part i don't get when you tap the ball and it just floats in the air and there's always some kind of like glitchy interceptions to me and a lot of people there's some people who may say user but i think there's a lot more people who would agree and say that like when you play on all madden mode to me that's just like playing god like you can't you can't do anything once it hits fourth quarter the game just, the AI just changes it to like level 10,000. It's crazy. That's so funny. No, I get that. And and so like, I'm such a boring person to play in Madden. I run the ball so much. You play to win. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I run the ball so much. It's it's so boring to play me, but I love, uh, yeah. I I want to see some, some, some franchise mode tweaks because i yeah. think like i love dude i love franchise mode it's my like i, I like obviously mutt holds a special place in my heart but like franchise mode is is i freaking love it so well i feel like that when you mentioned like where the game has changed i feel like that is an area that ea is for focused on building right that mut side with the cards and kind of that online quick online play too I've, I've done the one where it's the challenge where you have to score before the other person almost like a tug of war type of thing yeah uh superstar i want to say is what it's called superstar ko KO, KO superstar right or superstar ko and yeah. so i played that one as well um but for me 
I feel like it's kind of lost that true, like the original Madden sense, which might be by design is, hey, I just want to play my buddy for a full game. And then we do a franchise mode. Like you can't even play on the same system anymore. I got my son. We're talking about doing a franchise. I got to get another PlayStation just to play in the same franchise as him. So it's kind of lost some of that, like that user on user. I'm here with my buddies type of feel. But then at the same time, I get it. It's an online game with a huge platform now. Got to adjust. So maybe I'm just the old guy right now. Dude, no, I hear you. Because like those were our formative years of Madden, bro. Like I just went home for my fantasy draft. And they were we were all at my parents' house drafting where it all began for the 10-year anniversary. And everyone's like, dude, why do I want to go in the basement and rip out like Madden 08 right now? Like that's just playing Madden in a, in a basement with your buddies. It's just like how I grew up. So I totally hear you on that. Yeah. Oh, man, we'll get there one day. I can only imagine what, like, Madden 50 is going to be like. Like, Madden 50 will probably be 3D with the virtual headset, throwing, complaining about that, too. We'll be like, it's the same game from 20 years ago, yet it's on a whole (laughs) different-ass platform. You can do everything different. So I'm sure we'll always complain, man. I want to get real quick, what's your favorite sports video game of all time and year, like, like specific? (sighs) Favorite year? I definitely, it's definitely got to be Madden. It's my favorite game, favorite sports game of all time. It's Madden. The year would have to, and it's tough because I could say like 04, 05, 06. That whole, that whole like little clump of of years was goaded. Because I feel like they made such specific changes. Like 04 was when Vic was out. Everybody was, you know, spamming Vic. And that's when the online play really started to kick off was like oh mm. four you would get competitive and then oh five was when they brought the defense in there the hit stick i want to say that was the first year of the hit stick and yep. so that's when defense was it was you ran the ball you kicked field goals you weren't going for it on fourth down like the games were 21 to 14 it was very different in madden that year mm-hmm. and then oh six really opened up the offense that was when the vision cone came i want to say donovan McNabb was on the cover that year yeah yeah you could really start to spread you could as a quarterback it didn't just feel like the defense on the game and you had to play kind of scared it was like i controlled a little bit more and some people could you could start to spam it that year that was before it got like real spammy it was that was the start of it so i feel like there was different excuse me there was different things that i liked about all of those games i would say 06 was probably my personal favorite. Cool. What about you? Right. My favorite sports video game of all time is NFL Street 2. I believe that was an 04 or 05 game with, I think it was Ricky Williams on it the cover. Yeah. Edger and James, maybe? Who was on Street 2? No, I think, I thought it was. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, but it's funny. I'm all, I'm sitting here like breaking down Madden and like everything. I like, you're just like, oh, Street 2. Street 2 yeah. was it. No, no, Street 2 was the best, bro. That, yeah. No, that's what it was. Street 2 was Jeremy Shockey on the cover. Shockey, when he's standing, he's kind of like standing there. Yeah, with I think he's catching a pass over D'Angelo Hall, I believe. Uh, uh, so I, I, I just I just love Street 2. I want Street. Dude, everyone wants NCAA football to come back. If I could if I could snap my fingers and make the NFL Street Series come back tomorrow, oh, I would be the happiest man on the planet. That's all I need. Got you know that meme that's like guys only want one thing? Yes, for NFL Street to come back. Man, 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 man. NFL Street was dope. NBA Street was fun too. Like they yes, throw it off the head and shit. Like that was well, a fun game. Yes, it was. Well, I can't let you off the show without revisiting one convo that you and I both lost. Uh, we talked about Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake last year, and I got to come out and say, TJ, you completely own me in that. 
I had Kenyon Drake being the better Raiders running back, and it was not close. It was not close at all. Josh Jacobs was the guy. He didn't have an elite season, though. Before we go, how are you playing your flag on Josh Jacobs this season? Because he's a player that a lot of people are fading. Uh, and with the reason that Amir Abdullah is there, Zamir White's there, Josh McDaniels rotates his running backs. So let's start it again. Who's the best Raiders running back to own this year? Josh Jacobs is the best Raiders running back, period. But I'm actually cooler on Jacobs than I was last year. Last year, I loved him. But this year, no fifth-year option. I am worried that McDaniels is going to rotate. So, like, I, and, like, the touchdowns are going to be siphoned by uh, Renfro and Adams and Waller. And, like, yeah. I'm not big on Jacobs this year, but do I think he's the most talented Raiders running back? Hands down. Uh, so, I, I don't know what to say. And, yeah, I did own you on that, but, man, the, I will take my L strongly with the Mike Davis. To that, <laughs> dude. I, I did not see Cordero Patterson coming out and turning into, like, freaking – Adrian Peterson last year, dude. Yeah. I did not see that coming. He came out of nowhere. It was, I think it was just more of like I was fading Mike Davis the talent, and sure shit, it paid off, bro. Because I, I, to me, man, I, I think the dude's an awesome person. He just football player, man. We saw it last year. So, oh, that speaking of Falcons, real quick. Speaking of Falcons backfield, I, I just want to say I've been oh. seeing all this Tyler Al- Algier hype everywhere. I'm not buying into it as a Falcons fan. I love the dude. He is one of the smartest players to get drafted. He is an incredible pass blocker, but that's why he's going to be on the field. He's not going to be on the field to, he's not explosive. He's not going to be on the field to break big runs. Touchdowns, I think Cordero and Damian Williams are going to lead it. Get like Tyler Algier is going to finish the year with 300 all purpose yards and five touchdowns. He's Ooh. a great pass blocker, but he's not, he, he is not the dude this year. Maybe eventually. I love him. I think he's a great prospect, but not this year, guys. Marcus Mariota is going to run for for touchdowns, too. I think Damian – this is a bold prediction. I think Damian Williams leads the Falcons in carries this year. Assuming everyone's healthy. I'm with you. I I don't see the hype with Tyler Algier, and I love the take. I love the take because it's – I think it's going to be more committee than people think. Like you said, Mariota is going to be involved. Cordero Patterson is going to be involved. There's a lot more to this offense than just like, oh, we have to have one dominant running back. So that's a hell of a point, TJ, bro. That's I'm clipping that shit up. I'm posting that shit this week. I love <laughs> I mean, it. I love it. The bold predictions are the ones that know, get that get attention, bro. Dude, you know fantasy, the world, people just get attached to names because it's a name. So yeah. people like Algier, like Isaiah Likely. I'm like, what? Like yeah. these are just na- – you're just naming people. Like a Greg Dulcich. I'm like, you're just naming people. Yeah. These guys aren't going to be relevant this year. It's because they're rookies. They they haven't been proven wrong or right yet. So you can just say it and, oh, okay, just wait till next year. Like, there's no basis for a lot of it. Damian Pierce is another one I actually thought was going to be like that and be kind of mid. Turns out he got the starting gig. So I've been eating eating crow for that for the last two weeks now. But TJ, my man, I appreciate you coming on, dog. And got to have you back, of course, whenever you want. Thank you, Justin, bro. This was a blast. Absolutely. Tell the people where to find you at, man, what you got going on. Just at TJ Horgan TV on TikTok and Twitter. Hit me up, baby. It's good. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, smash the button, man. We'll be back tomorrow with some more. Hey, Thursday Night Football is back. Football is here, baby. Let's go.